This episode of the Disney Film Project podcast is brought to you by touringplans.com. It is the one-stop shop on the internet for figuring out how you are going to plan your Disney vacation, Disneyland or Disney World, it doesn't matter. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you want to figure out how to get there and not wait in line? This is how you do it, touringplans.com. Disneyland, you're trying to figure out how to get out there and how to navigate all the cool new stuff like Cars Land and Buena Vista Street and all that great stuff without having to wait in line? Touringplans.com. You can optimize your touring plans, check the crowd calendar, do all kinds of great stuff. Make sure you check that out over at touringplans.com. They're the sponsor of this week's episode of the Disney Film Project Podcast. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company. Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Disney Toon Studios, anything and everything related to and doing with the Walt Disney Company and Walt Disney Productions we talk about here on this program and over at DisneyFilmProject.com. I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, host of the program, and along with the folks you're about to meet, we run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can find Blu-ray and DVD reviews, show notes for this very show, and all kinds of great content, including reviews going back to the 1920s shorts that Disney did. So make sure you go and check out all that great stuff over at DisneyFilmProject.com. Joining me, as always, we have our fine film experts. First of all, a man who has been known to butt heads with a bighorn sheep, Mr. Todd Perlmutter. Ouch, that really hurts. Well, I just tell the truth, Todd. I'm not right, trying to hurt your feelings. But... I know. I, oh, I... oh, butting the sheep. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, also from all things of the internet, there is Miss Rachel Kolb. Hello. Uh, just a reminder that I am still doing reviews of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. over on soundonsite.org. So definitely go over and check those out. And our fine producer, who keeps things running on time around here and keeps editing and editing and editing our wonderful ramblings down to coherence, is Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who you can find on Twitter at, at CherylP3. How are you, Cheryl? Doing good. I'm a little bit behind editing, but I had to do some skillful editing on this last, the last episode of this game out this week. Well, we will look forward to hearing that, that we have already heard at this point, I guess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so today um, we are going to talk about uh, a movie that was on the, uh, if you guys saw the Treasures from the Disney Vault series on uh, TCM uh, over the holidays back on, what was it, December 22nd, 23rd, somewhere in there, uh, Disney and uh, Turner Classic Movies did this this great partnership where they showed some great uh, old stuff from Disney, uh, including Davy Crockett, including some old Disneyland TV episodes, some animation, and also the film that we're going to talk about, uh, one of the true life adventures, The Vanishing Prairie. So you can find this if you, if you missed TCM, you didn't DVR it. We tried to give you the heads up, tried to give you the heads up to, to DVR it, but if not, um, you can find it over on Amazon as well. So uh, if you if you want to go and check that out before you listen to the rest of the show. But it is a 1954 True Life adventure, much like all the other True Life adventures, directed by James Alger with narration by Winston Hibbler. And this time, uh, we've, we talked about The Living Desert before on the show. And this time, we are this was released as a double feature with that at one point. Uh, and so we've moved focus from the desert to the great wide prairie in the middle of, of the United States. Um, and much like the Living Desert, as we discussed in that show, 
a lot of the stuff that you will see in here is not actual nature, but a semblance thereof. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's yeah. uh, there, there's cutaways and things like that that um, you're not going to get in nature. What? Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but you can't actually stick a camera in the ground and get a full screen cutaway of a burrow of a prairie dog. Wow. It's it's a wonder you don't see the little piece of meat that they're dragging along in front of the prairie dog, is it? <laughs> <laughs> or the sheet of glass that's in front of the uh, the burrow? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the, the basic ideas here is uh, the same as in all the True Life Adventures, which is to just show uh, a snapshot of what different animals and different you know, creatures and, and environments are like. And I think as, as far as that goes, you know, the vanishing prairie is pretty true to life. You know, I mean, it shows the stuff on the prairie. The intended theme of this is to show a time when nature ruled the prairie of the mid of the Midwest of the United States, basically. Um, I don't know if they necessarily get that point across. You know, they're showing trees and, and grass and animals. I mean, yes, okay, so it doesn't feel any different than it would now. I, I didn't understand the whole point in that whole back yeah. in time sort of thing. Yeah. I did want to mention yeah. before we get too critical um, that Dizzy did one, um, did win an, Oscar, an Academy Award for this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that, um, as um, Larry Moulton points out during this, during the, his interview segments on TCM, is we have to remember that there's no Animal Planet back then. Right. There's no like New National Geographic channel. There's no Nature Trails whatsoever. So this was also you know something that you know came into life as um, as something that established what we currently see. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Like Disney basically yep. created this whole genre. Uh, that we had, you know, if you guys remember the the Mutual of Omaha shows, <laughs> that was what I remember growing up, right? There, where we would see the, the the Animal Kingdom and stuff, and then I would see these, and I was like, oh, that's where that came from. So you're absolutely right, Cheryl. This is this is way back in the day of 1954, before any of those things that we've seen. Um, and I don't know that we want to. I don't know that it's necessarily something that. It, it's kind of weird. I don't know that you can really actually critique these films. Because it's not like there's a, a storyline or anything like that that you can actually uh, critique whether they put it together. It's just, here's some shots of nature. Enjoy. Yep. Pretty much, yeah. And I don't really have as much of a problem with this one because, really, The Vanishing Prairie does have some informative things to teach you about animals and how they live and you know how they seek out a mate and all that stuff. It's... It has some stuff that you can learn from it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I thought the the you know the intro, like we said, was was pretty cheesy. Just to, to dive into the movie, um, with the it has an animated opening, as many of these True Life Adventures do, where they're talking about the history of the prairie of the U.S. and how settlers traveled across the prairie. So it introduces us to different landmarks like Chimney Rock or Independence Rock or Devil's Gate or the Continental Divide, things like that. Just sort of tracking the path of settlers across the the prairie. I thought that was pretty interesting, and then you know showing how uh, when Indians roamed the, the prairie, how they would paint you know pictures of the animals we're about to see on the cave walls. They do that with animation. Um, I thought that was very interesting as well. Just sort of, it was an interesting way to get into the backdrop of of what these things are. I, I just yeah. 
I don't think they were actually, you know, the, the intent then was to, to go back and say, here's how people came in and saw the prairie. And now we're going to go back to when those things didn't exist. I, th- I just thought that transition was a little weird. I, I don't think it mattered. I, I think it's probably the only part of the, the whole entire episode of the True Life Adventures that didn't matter in this particular one. Yeah, yeah. The one yeah. point I wanted to pull point another point I wanted to pull out is um Disney did get um in like I guess they were filming on an Indian reservation they must have been because they were in they were like thank you to the ex Indian reservation in the movie so I'm guessing they had you know they did you know the equivalent of you know coming out and doing what they're doing because they got the in you know the Indians involved in it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like the the moving paintbrush stuff that you were talking about because it reminds me of that scene that's in Spaceship Earth. Yes, yeah, I thought the same thing, very much so. So it's it's interesting as we get into the animals, like they move um, through different the different types of animals, uh, very very slowly. So if you've seen, like, uh, we haven't talked about it on the show, but, like, Seal Island, which is another one of the True Life Adventures, it's 30 minutes just focused on seals, um, which, again, also won an Academy Award because, like Cheryl said, it was establishing something new. But this one, they they go through, like, birds in one piece, then move on to buffalo and antelope and and other things like that, which I thought was kind of cool. And then you don't get really into the interactions between the different animals until you get into, like, the prairie dogs towards towards the middle-slash-end of the movie. Because, like, the opening part is the, the migration of birds and some very funny footage of ducks slipping on the ice, which is <laughs> laugh-out-loud funny. I called it duck bowling. <laughs> yeah. No, the whole thing, like... I. It's funny, so that you know the narrator, right? You have um, Will, Winston Hibbler doing this particular narration. He's right. a very clear speaker, and it's funny because he's interjecting humor, but he's not breaking his presentation. Right. It's not monotonous, but it's just like very even keeled. Yes. Yeah. You're right. He doesn't. He never breaks character or anything like that. Um, and w- there's a there's a lot of bird footage at the very beginning, which I was I'm not like a huge bird bird lover. Well, I, I I should say up front, I I don't get the nature movies, so they're not for me. I totally understand that they're very good as far as art and that sort of thing, but like just sitting and watching the various animals doesn't really do a whole lot for me. But like I thought the bird footage especially was just like okay, here are the slipping ducks was funny, and then we the next part is like. There's just ducks, and then we go to see swans, and then we see some of the birds actually try to court each other. <laughs> yeah, they they actually go through the different birds. Now, half of them are grebes. Is that the right word? Grebs, something like that. Gra- grouse, right? Okay. Well, they go like red. I thought it's redneck grebes. They get to grouse later on. Oh, that's right. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because the they do a whole lot of grebes, and they do like cranes, various cranes, and then they get to the grouses. Correct. Yes. And it was really funny because at one point the sandhill cranes come up, and I say to Cheryl, like, "You recognize those guys, don't you? Because you see them like every day walking the streets down here in Florida." Yeah, we don't we don't have those in Georgia. Do you have those in New York, Rachel? I don't believe so. No, no if... cranes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, especially, I, especially now. It's way too cold. I feel yeah. like I've mentioned what I'm about to say in another episode before about sandhill cranes. I swear. I, I remember saying this before. But there was actually once upon a time, because there were so many of them, a movement to make them a food supply, like chickens or anything else. Isn't that weird? That That is very weird. I don't, it just popped into my head, and I remember. I remember, like, the, for some reason, it came up in another episode. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, if you like birds, you're probably going to like this section because they go into details, yeah. like about you know, certain birds only lay like one egg per year. That's it, you know, which is very different than what you're used to. If you know, chickens lay one egg an hour almost in some cases. Yeah, <laughs> you know, depending on you know what type where they're from and everything like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. I did enjoy the the father uh, trying to incubate the eggs and like letting one slip when yeah, he it gets yes. stuck on him. That's really funny. Yeah, I was actually just gonna go right there. So that's great. To see yeah. we're all. Yeah, I did enjoy that part. That was pretty funny. And then the grouse doing their little dance thing, like where they're they're, <laughs> they're like their chests are bursting and stuff. That was something. Yes, I I do enjoy those. I've <laughs> I've seen grouse in a lot of other uh, nature documentaries they're they're quite amusing to watch for a few minutes yeah well and that's the thing is like i think i think there's a fine line when they do these of like too much of any one particular animal yeah you know if you if you stick with one thing for too long it gets a little uh a little tricky but i think they did i think they did pretty good in in this one especially this one moves at a much quicker pace i felt like than the living desert or some of the other ones that I've seen, like they, they don't stick on one section for too long, but I thought like my only complaint was like all birds for a while. And then we get into like, like when I think prairie, I think what comes up next, which is the Buffalo. Well, I'm with you, Ryan. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm also, I'm also liking this better, but I'm also missing parts of the living desert. Cause it, like, if we remember the, the, the music segments, although they were, Yo, they must have been set up and whatever. I missed that part of it. Yeah, I understand. I understand why it's not there. I get that, folks. I'm gonna say I wish they carried that along. Right. Yeah, I mean it's a different it's a different type of movie. I think like like a, I mean it's the same. It's a nature movie, but yeah, it's a different. Yeah, it's just a different sort of setup. By the way, I actually had enough birds written in my notes. but like it goes to the buffalo and you see all the various buffalo and then you see one giving birth and then at that point i had had enough buffalo (laughs) actually that was a very controversial thing because they had just lifted the movie stuff that prevented that sort of thing from being shown in movies the restrictions oh i didn't know that and so that's part of the reason why it was put in was because since the restrictions were no longer there they said hey let's show this yeah, I think my note on that was something akin to poor mom. Poor mom. <laughs> Watching <laughs> yeah. that buffalo give birth. Yeah, that was that was very very disturbing. Uh, <laughs> and then watching the there's a there's a section right after that where the newborn buffalo is stuck like trying to find its mama and trying to trying to 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 eat. Uh, that was also uh, a little disturbing. I, I actually would have liked to have seen more buffalo just like their behaviors on the prairie and things like that more so than the birth cycle. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it it was was interesting. There was one scene where they start having them stampede a little bit because I think that's like lightning storm or something. It starts sets them all off. 
Yeah, towards the end, right? Right. And, and that's very interesting because that's what people are used to seeing when they talk about Buffalo is that, that, that visual of just hundreds of Buffalo stampeding along. Yeah, that's uh, and that's the stuff that like you see like in in fiction movies, right? If if you see if you see a herd of buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's also the bit about them rolling in the dirt um with the uh, the prairie dog um burrows. <laughs> that come they they come back later. It it is nice the way they kind of like thread off of one species of animals and then back into it a little bit more, you know, just as they're telling the other story. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, like, because the next the next bit, there's actually quite a bit more um, threading through other animals. Like, because I just put in my notes antelope time, because <laughs> that's pretty much what happens next. It's just like we just spend a little time watching the antelopes, and then like right after that, they roll right into the bighorn sheep, and seeing them, you know, the fact that the bighorn sheep have basically, which I didn't actually know this. Like they moved off of the prairie and into the mountains as a sort of an adaptation, which I thought that was interesting. I would have liked to have heard a little bit more about it. It was kind of cool, like showing them and how they butt heads and all that kind of stuff. Well, they get to that at the end, and that's actually, I guess, one of the most talked about scenes is at the end when they come back to the bighorn sheep and they're they're bashing their heads to the anvil chorus. Yes, (laughs) that's that's what I remembered. Like when we said we were going to do this. Um, I, I, I've seen this before and that's what I remembered is that. And then, uh, the Buffalo stampede, like you said, uh, towards the end, I remembered that and the prairie dogs being chased by the ferret, which we'll talk about in a second. I would also watch a lot more of, of them just climbing because I just yeah. watching them just defy logic and gravity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't look like there's any way that they should be doing what they are able to do. Yeah. Uh, I the other part that I actually liked in this particular section was the mountain lions, just because there's a whole bit about the mountain lion stalking its prey, right? There's one where it's stalking a deer, and there's others where it's like the, where some of the prey gets away. I find that stuff more interesting. Like whenever whenever you if you're going to show me a nature film, like show me the the African lions on the Serengeti stalking things, and I'm in. So I enjoyed this part quite a bit. Actually. Also, I thought of the scene, the fa- the famous scene from the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. They do do basically the same thing with the deer as they gloss over the fact that the mom lion kills a. It's a deer, right? That it kills. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Uh, you don't typically see like like. Um, which I thought was interesting that you don't typically see mountain lions and deer and things like that. Like it makes perfect sense, obviously that that's what it would be, but you don't get to see these interactions usually. Like when you see mountain lions, typically like in fiction or something, it's, you know, some crazy person is stuck in the mountains and they're getting attacked by a mountain lion. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas in this one, it's a mother, you know, getting food for her babies. Right. And then just kind of burying it under some sticks. (laughs) Yes. Saving some for later. It's it's the mountain lion refrigerator. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the the fun was watching the mountain lion kittens. Like I enjoyed that part because there's a part where the mountain lion kittens, for people who are listening, are trying to learn how to hunt and how to eat because you know they don't they aren't bored with this knowledge, and they're trying to catch fish, and that doesn't work out so well. 
and then like nope. they try to catch a squirrel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was that was good. That was interesting. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, it's just a weird fact that that thing about how the lioness buries the you know they eat the food but then they save it for later by storing right. it. I mean, isn't it just going to rot? I mean, I'm guessing if you're a mountain lion, you're not all that concerned about, like, preservatives and stuff. Or yes. dysentery or whatever you would get from eating that stuff. Get on these iceboxes? I don't know if ice delivery actually comes out to the prairie or not. Isn't that what the big-headed sheep there do? The big horn sheep? Big-headed? They carry, they carry the ice blocks on their horns? Yeah, I don't know what they're that for. Would, that would be smart. I think we have the makings of an animated film right here. Just we should trademark this. They didn't cover that in the movie? Mm Mm-mm. That's the next thing for Disney. They're going to start remaking the True Life Adventures as uh, animated films and and taking into account these considerations. (laughs) Isn't that what they're doing with zoology? Sort of. Zootopia. Zootopia. Zootopia, not zoology. Yes, Zootopia. One might say True Life Adventures, a study in zoology. Yes. There you go. Uh, and then the majority of the film, I would say, is is the next bit, which is about the prairie dog. There's a lot of prairie dog. There's a, yeah. there's a whole lot of prairie dog. Uh, and this is what we were joking about at the very beginning of there's, this, there's a whole thing of – we talked about this during The Living Desert where they basically – what we said is in that movie, and I don't know, I don't know, I couldn't find anything to this effect on this one, but in Living Desert, they actually took the animals inside into like a conference room in this hotel, and they built these burrows for them and put a pane of glass in front of it so that they could shoot it. Yeah. I don't think they did that here. It doesn't seem like, but they had to have done something to be able to shoot sideways into the burrows. They must have just filled the box with dirt and dropped them in the top or something like that. My dad, a groundhog, can scale glass if the glass is high enough on the sides yeah, from the dirt level. I did find it interesting. Like, I, I, I did like seeing the prairie dogs. Like, there's this whole bit about how they maintain the burrows, like how they dig here and they put you know, some dirt over here to maintain this wall or that. I've always wondered that. Like, how do they know when they're digging that stuff's not just going to fall in? I really have no idea. They don't go into it either, so you, you know. I guess you can do further research. If, yeah. if I cared enough, yes. Yeah. The, to me, there got to be a point in this go in this gopher stuff where groundhog, prairie dogs, or whatever they are, they're all, all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started to zone out because it was like really the same thing over and over again for a good fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it's basically them and the various predators, right? Because. It's first we see all the stuff about the burrows and what they're doing, and then we see them above ground encountering other animals. This is like the first time in the movie where you really see the interactions of other animals, and so then you get the burrowing owls, which that was fascinating to me. Like I didn't know owls would burrow into the ground. Yeah, that was well. They they took over the gopher mounds. That's what they were right. talking about, right? And now that, that was in, like so they didn't create them. They said, "Hey, I'm going to use that." Right, but that's what I mean. I didn't. I, to me, owls live in trees and spout wise things about vaccines. I did not know <laughs> that they went into the ground. I like that the whole thing about the baby owls playing with the rattlesnake. 
Yeah, because then the the owl plays with the rattlesnake, and then the rattlesnake like fights the. Is like, well, forget you. I'm gonna play. You know, we're gonna go track down prairie dogs, <laughs> which I don't blame him. By the way, yes, it, it is interesting though because it's not like you think rattlesnake and you think how, how you would fight it right away. Um, later on, though, when the rattlesnake gets beat up, yes, right, it's a falcon. I think that goes after it, right? If I uh, coyote. Correct. A coyote, oh, the right? coyote, that's right. Yeah. What I thought was interesting is remember the movie The Ten Who Dared and remember the guy who's killing the rattlesnakes all the time and eventually gets bit? Yes. Right? If you pay attention, the coyote's actually kill, actually attacking the rattlesnake the exact same way that guy would have attacking the rattlesnake. You're right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> You're right. The coyote does that. Yeah. Interesting. I did not think I did not think we would be able to draw a parallel between those two films, but congratulations, Todd. Thank you. Well, Thank you. well done. Yeah, uh, the rattlesnake shows up, and then we see the rattlesnake going through the hole. Which again, I I just wrote in my notes like I assume this was staged, but I don't know how. Right, because it's a rattlesnake. You see the side view of the burrow, and you see the snake going through, and like the. The prairie dog is like it's chasing the prairie dog, and the prairie dog like goes up instead of down. The snake goes through, you know, and then then the prairie dog comes out the other side like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, that is pretty funny, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's straight out of Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Something I'd like to see is since we're talking about stuff, um, I'd like to see maybe like Disney put cameras in Animal Kingdom somehow, and and like do like a live stream of that. Well, I don't imagine it would be as interesting. <laughs> uh, you never know. I'm like, I'm a, like, well, well, look all the pro- well, they, well, they they couldn't probably publish some stuff like all the problems they had introducing the zebra in. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's true. <laughs> but um, but I don't know. You never know. It could be interesting. I I took one of the backstage tours once, and it was really interesting. I thought it was going to be boring. And it was yeah. really interesting because I learned like there are two sets of lions. There, there's the older set and there's the younger set, and they filter the set every like, you know, two days, two days, two days, you know, and you know depending upon how the lions are and everything like that. Wow. And they had and so so I really like that. Uh, so I'd like to maybe and maybe they could do some of some type of a series if we're talking about like bringing this back. Of um, of of adding this somehow, of adding like the the keepers talk about the animals and then showing us the animals somehow. It's it's interesting to to say that because like I, you say you say that stuff about Animal Kingdom and then I look at the endless shots of prairie dogs, and I don't know that I want to see more of that. <laughs> Because it's like it's, it's uh, this whole section I just titled like prairie dogs being attacked. Because first it's the owls, then it's a rattlesnake, then there's a badger that goes after the prairie dog, <laughs> and then they, finally a coyote. It's like literally like here's the cute prairie dog. Here they're they're very cute and adorable, and look at how they burrow and they work together. And now we're going to send endless attackers after them to see if that we can test your sympathies. <laughs> That was what I saw in this part of the in this part of the movie. <laughs> Poor little things. Yeah, it was kind of cool seeing the uh, the coyote and the snake go at it, though. I mean, like That's it was true. it was 
it was pretty uh-huh. brutal, you know. Like actual any any movie like this um, that shows like act- actual animal death is it's it's kind of strange, but also kind of interesting. So. We also get badgers. Yes, yeah, the badgers are awesome. We don't need no stinking badgers. See what I did there? We get badgers in love, no less. Yes, yes. <laughs> like like the mating rituals of badgers It's not something that you would normally expect to hear on this show, but that's what we get. I think that would be like a way of the Pooh thing. Badger in love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love how the one's just kind of rolling around on the ground. Like, he's just like, pay attention to me! Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I was waiting for this the whole time. I had not I had not remembered it from the last time that I watched the movie. But I was waiting, like, at some point I knew there had to be Home on the Range played. And of course there was, because but it was done with animal sounds. Yes. Yep. And when the prairie dogs are happy and safe and all their predators have left. Right. Until a falcon shows up. Until the falcon shows up. <laughs> They're like, a little party and then the falcon yeah. gets all over them. It's like, here's, here's, here's home on the range with animal noises, and now here's a falcon to attack them and break this up. It's the glory of nature. And then, of course, and then right after that, it's buffaloes wallowing on their holes like we need to cover ourselves with dirt so the buffaloes just collapse themselves on top of the prairie dog holes i'm saying the life of a prairie dog is not an easy one yep Uh, and and of course we after they wallow on the holes i did enjoy the prairie dogs actually trying to take them out sort of like um this is the only star wars connection i could find but it felt like the adats in empire (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I probably I'm guessing that the prairie dogs weren't really trying to attack the buffalo, but that Disney just kind of like played it up like they were. I'm guessing so. When they yeah. caught on film, but it is kind of a weird thing to watch. It is because it looks like, like literally they're just like nibbling at their heels, and the buffalo like lifts its leg and just looks at them like, "What are you doing? Stop it!" <laughs> it's pretty much pretty much how it goes. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. yeah. And then it's we have not... the buffaloes fighting. Yeah. And then we talked about earlier the 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 kind of the climax of the whole movie is uh, it's, there's some lightning uh, and the lightning strikes the prairie, sets things on fire, uh, which makes the buffalo stampede, which is probably like visually that, and then the next piece, which is the bighorn sheep uh, attacking each other with their horns, is like. That's the the most visually striking pieces of the whole movie. You also forgot the the fireproof rabbit. I I did forget the fireproof rabbit. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I'm wondering if that was like they transposed to like a piece of the film of the rabbit and a piece of the film of the fire on top of each other to make up that thing having happened. I that's my guess. Because there's no way that was a fireproof rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I, I think we're all in agreement there. <laughs> but yeah. they call it out as such. They, they do, they do. Yeah. Now this was, um, in the living desert, there was a scene where they had flooding also. So this is very similar. Yes, and in, I, I want to say there's another one that I've seen where where they have similar things, like where they talk about the rain and the... Uh, you know the the fire and the rain and the healing and the spring and that whole sort of thing. 
don't know. There's a there's a there's a phrase I'm looking for that I can't put my, my I can't write my mind around. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Not sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's the whole movie. I mean, like like we said, there's not a lot to talk about, like in terms of plot and go through, like we normally do with some of these movies, just because it pretty much is just these little snippets of of animals. Um, but what I think is is well done about these films, especially the features of the True Life Adventures, is that they're edited together very quickly. Um, so with the exceptions that we noted of like the extensive features on birds and sort of the, the lengthy stay with the prairie dogs, like you move from creature to creature pretty quickly and you get to like, oh, this is a little sense. And if you're interested in that in that animal, you could go and like find out more about it. But this is that's not what this is for. This is just like, hey, look, aren't the, all these animals kind of interesting? My stepfather, who Cheryl is familiar with, loves to watch this kind of stuff. Right, and just he'll put on the nature shows all the time, and just stare and watch bears wander through the woods. <laughs> okay. Well, well, like Cheryl mentioned, like this this film and others of of its ilk, you know, spawned the the animal planets of our world and all the other stuff that we have, you know, in these days. So there's definitely an audience out there for it. I think for people like us who are movie lovers who love plot and story and conflict and characters. Um, these probably don't offer as much for us. Yeah, I think the current ones do more because of because yeah. as the series has evolved, like I I I mean, although Monkey Kingdom is coming out April first, we're not covering it because we usually don't cover them um, because usually they're not available um, on demand, and you have to go see the movies and like asking people to pay for a movie like like Monkey Kingdom is, is you know. I I wouldn't mind it, but I want to ask our listeners too. Maybe we should do a poll on that. I don't know. Um, but I think they've evolved along the years because yep. they've gone to become stories, and so maybe so maybe they have improved. Yeah, and I think there's some of that too, and some of the ones we haven't covered. Like, like there's one like. When you get to the point where they're not called True Life Adventures anymore, they call them a different name, and I can't remember what it is. It's like True Life Features or something like that. Like, this one's a True Life Adventure feature, but, like, Perry is an example where it's literally about this one squirrel, right? And so it sort of moves that direction as they go through the years um, of these. But, you know, I think I think all in all, uh, as, as nature films go, like you said, I mean, it won an Academy Award, so, um, you know, pretty good stuff. All right. Uh, so, if unless anybody has something else to add, we'll we will rate uh, the Vanishing Prairie. I would I would say as far as um, you know, when the Vanishing Prairie was made versus now, um, I do think that one of the reasons why uh, nature documentaries have gotten much better is because of the improvement in equipment and just being able to be more mobile with the cameras and everything. Um, yeah. So, I do think that it's it is a bit unfair to compare. I guess today's nature documentaries to today to yesteryears because um, they are a bit cheesy at points and obviously very, you know, edited in a certain way, but you know, they were working with what they had at the time. But my, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm only saying, and I'm not negating anyone. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they had the story broke the story artist because they had the enemy is working on this. Mm hmm. So, yeah. uh, so I, my only def, my only thing is they had the animators work. They could have done if they had wanted to do a story based idea. Yeah. I, again, I'm not sure it was right. I'm not sure if it worked at the time, 
again, you know, this is all pioneering at this point. They're, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, who knows, right? Uh, but let's let's let uh, Rachel. Why don't you give us your rating first, and we'll we'll see how everybody uh, what everybody thought. Okay, um, I don't think this is anything too spectacular, but I'm going to give this two stars. I'm glad that I saw it. You know, it was it was a fun little diversion for an evening, just kind of watching prairie dogs be silly and you know the grouse. As I said, I always enjoy seeing them, um, but I wouldn't say that this is anything that you have to see. Um, especially if you've seen a lot of like mo- like uh, more recent uh, nature documentaries, like the Earth series or anything like that. Um, so yeah, two stars. All right, Cheryl. What about you? I'm going with um, about three stars. Um, the one thing I recommend, if you only have like, let's say you're on a budget, you want to get something of to understand what we're talking about but not see everything that we've talked about is that there's um there's like a true life adventures um collaboration of of all of all like mini featurettes that came out and um, I know it's on Amazon for like three dollars for rental. And that's why I would recommend if you if you're on a budget you're saying, oh, I can't. I want to see everything that you guys are talking about, but I have to cut my losses somewhere, guys. Right. Which I understand that as much as everybody. I mean, but um, so if you're cutting the losses, I would say maybe, maybe, maybe rent that. That way, you're getting, you're getting what we're 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 talking about, but and you're getting, you know, the best of. That's what's called the best of. There you go. Yeah, I'm with you, Rachel. I would give this a two. Uh, again, I, not because I think it's bad. I, I, not at all. I think it's well done. It's just, um, I think, as we've said before, you know, in, in here, the nature films are not my cup of tea. I think I need a, a little more to, to latch on uh, to, to to carry me through the whole thing. So it's actually a little difficult for me to sit through the whole thing in one sitting. I found myself, you know, kind of forcing myself to watch the whole thing. And like I say, each little bit's not bad. It's just there's nothing that really drags you through the, the whole film. Um, what about you, Todd? Yeah, I'm a little torn. I mean, I almost feel like two's too low, but I can't really justify giving it higher than two either. It, it's not terrible. It's it's actually very watchable end to end, except, like I said, I have a, that point where they go over the initial stuff with the gophers that's like 15 minutes long, just really wore me out, if any part of the movie wore me out. When they're doing the battling and stuff like that, that's fun. That's what you really want to see. And Disney kind of sort of spies that up because you know that they played up a lot of it and cut footage together to make it look like something it wasn't. And right. So I. But other than that, yeah, I'm also going to go with the two. All right. Fair enough. So I think we're all in the same basic range, you know, between two and three. So uh, you guys, if you if you really like nature films and the stuff like like Todd was talking about his uh, his stepfather, and you like this stuff, I think this is a great one, right? Um, it's just I think you've got a group of folks here who are not particularly keen on that sort of thing, but uh, keep that in mind. All right. So if you guys agree with us or disagree with us, uh, let us know over at DisneyFilmProject.com. You can you can leave a note in the show notes there, or you can also email us, DisneyFilmProject at gmail.com. You can do 
Facebook. You can find us there at DisneyFilmProject.com or you can tweet us at DisneyFilmProject um, and you can find us in all of those various places and we would love to hear from you. We are very happy when we hear from our, our listeners. So make sure you let us know what you guys are thinking. Of course, if you're listening to the show, you can do that on Diz Dads Radio. You can do it on Stitcher and of course on iTunes or your other uh, podcast aggregators. If you wouldn't mind, please go over to iTunes and rate us uh, and, and let us know what you're thinking of the show or leave a review. It helps people find the show. It's very, very helpful. Uh, so we appreciate it if you guys could do that. And uh, last but not least, I think that will do it uh, for this episode of the Disney Film Project podcast. So if for Todd and Cheryl and Rachel, I am Ryan. I will say goodbye and we'll see you again soon. I say I don't remember digging this. Under broad blue skies, they pushed off towards the horizon into the great unknown. I wonder what a fellow's got to do to get some breakfast around here. But it's no use. You just can't insult the buffalo. Buffalo.